Okay, what's up? You good? You living? Yeah? Daniel, welcome home. Do you? No. <laughs> um, last week we started a, a, a kind of like a four-part message called But First, and uh, we're going to keep on cruising through it. Cool? Four parts. We're on part two. We started it last week. That was part one. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know why that was so difficult for you. That was really weird. Um, anybody remember what we talked about? Any of you who were here remember what we talked about last week? Some of you guys. I'm going to crawl up here for a second. Whatever it takes to turn this around. What's that song? Never mind. Whatever it takes. Good. Yeah. What else? <laughs> what else did we talk about? Abraham. Yeah. And how radical he was. Yes. That he did take his son. Yes. Up to the sun. Uh, up to the mountain. What do you mean? I, no, he didn't take him out, but he did take him. <laughs> no, or I would have said take him out if I meant take him out. Yeah, yeah. Okay, what did we learn in that story? Anybody remember? Huh? Yes, how aware he was of the Lord's voice. Yes, what else? Blessing on the other side of obedience, yes. But if our eyes are fixed on just the blessing, oopsie, right? We've got to focus on being obedient first in order to then inherit our blessing. Yes. Okay. So the last week was called Whatever It Takes, as Benji said, and this week is called Follow Me or Trust Me, something to the effect of that. Okay? If you're taking notes, write that down. If you're not taking notes, whatever. You'll learn one day. But I have a story. You guys want to hear a story of young Lex, 17-year-old Lex? Anybody want to hear about 17-year-old Lex? 17-year-old Lex was very confused. Um, because there was a lot going on in 17-year-old Lex's life. Uh, he just got, uh, uh, not only was he a suicidal mess up until the Lord came and encountered him in a very, very, massive way and not only was he a fund, fund, fundamentalist cessationist you know kind of upbringing kind of guy but he also met the lord and met the holy spirit at a cessationist fundamentalist winter camp and they got filled with the holy spirit started speaking in tongues all sorts of things were going on in my life at 17 and i had leaders in my life church leaders uh, people who i trusted telling me that I was demon-possessed because I was speaking tongues. And all of these different things were going on in my life. I was very confused. Hence where we get to this story, okay? Um, and are we all adults here? Yeah? 
Is that fair? Okay. Uh, when I was 17, I, I was a big partier. Big drinker, smoked a ton of weed. Okay. Not bragging about it. Just it was who I was. So one night, there was this abandoned house that I knew of. And I was like, guys, <laughs> we got to go into this house. So all of my buddies, after you know playing NHL, the video game, has anybody played NHL? Chell, that's what we called it, right? We played NHL all night long, eating freaking pizza rolls and, and smoking pot. We got this great idea. Let's get in to the car and drive. Let's go to this abandoned house. Anybody been doing an abandoned thing ever? It's what? Oh, yeah, yeah, you did. Yeah. It's it's creepy. <laughs> it is. It's just the way it is. I don't know why. I think it's just more of my mentality, but it's just creepy. There's nothing fun about going into an abandoned house, especially when you're going at like 1 in the morning. And there's no lights because they didn't have electricity on in this house. And then, yeah, obviously, right? So this place, it was sick. It got uh, bulldozed or else we would go there. Like after this, we would still go. I'm just joking. <laughs> just making sure you guys are still listening. So we all went to this abandoned house and uh, loaded up in the car, drove to this house. It, was, it wasn't too far. It was right off of uh, Arapahoe. Got bulldozed, bulldozed since. But uh, there was probably, I think there were six of us. And we pull up to this house, and I'm like, turn here. And they're like, turn where? There's no, there's literally nothing to turn onto. There's no driveway. It looked like a mess, right? I was like, just trust me. Just turn here. It's my car. We're cool, right? And we turned down this driveway. You know, good thing we had headlights. And we roll up to this house that is, it would have been a really cool house if it was finished, and but the people who were building it or remodeling it, what? completely overgrown they had this pool they had a pool in the backyard and it was like full of weeds not water you know okay. and they had a bathtub in the front yard and it was full of water you know yeah it was weird okay so i we get out of the car and i'm like guys this is this is it right we're gonna go in this house and we're gonna go just screw around right whatever it might be and i said all right let's go because i've been there before this was the first time i've ever been there at night and four of the People ended up following me. The other two stayed in the car because they were like, nah, right? And uh, we explored. We scared each other. We, uh, forgive me, we punched out some of the windows just because we wanted to. We've never done it before, so it's like kind of cool. All right, whatever. You guys are judging hard. You guys are way too Christian. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> and uh, it's we made a memory that we still talk about today, right? made a memory, you know, and it's something, again, me and those friends still talk to, talk about today, and like, why did we do that, you know? We're like 30 now with kids, and it's just like, what are we doing? Why did we do that? Um, and uh, it was a fun memory, but the four that followed me really trusted me, okay? And this is where we get into the sermon, all right? The four that ended up actually following me were the ones who really trusted me, yes? The other two were like, I don't know what this guy's getting me into. They were, we, it wasn't like I didn't hang out with the other two just as much as I hung out with the other four, right? But there was a whole nother trust that the other four, or maybe intoxication, I don't know, but there was a whole nother layer of trust that the four had with me so that I could say, hey, trust me, let's go. Hey, follow me, let's go. Hey, 
I've got you. I've been, I've done this before. Let's go. Yeah. Has anybody had like a situation like that? Maybe not breaking into abandoned houses and trespassing, but maybe like where you invited somebody, hey, trust me, you know? Yes? No? Okay. At the end of the day, we didn't know if the house was safe or there was oh, a freaking animal in there or like a raccoon that just comes in, right? I didn't, we didn't know, but they trusted me enough to say, let's do it, right? Um, follow me into the darkness. So I know this sounds weird, but this, this message is called follow me. And I, I believe that sometimes our lives feel like these kinds of abandoned houses. I know. Just like, where am I going? What's next? Remember the whole umbrella of this entire part series is, but first. And I feel like a lot of times, especially, you know, in your twenties or late teens, you're just like, what am I doing? Where am I going? What's next? Am I going to be here the rest of my life? <laughs> you know, is this my circle the rest of my life? What is happening? All of these different things. Where is that husband that the Lord promised me? Where is that wife that, you know, all of these different things. Am I going to have to do this for a career the rest of my life? I'm not happy. I, all of these different things, right? If you're not feeling that way, I felt that way. I remember feeling this way. Like, dude, I, I don't want to do this the rest of my life, you know? But I feel like Jesus does this on purpose sometimes of not just being like, hey, here's where we're going at in 100 feet. You're going to turn right. You know, he's not Apple Maps. And I think oftentimes we think Jesus, Jesus is just Apple Maps. He's literally going to give us play by play directions in life of 0.2 miles. You're going to turn left, whatever 0.2 miles means. Right. Nobody knows what that means. But anyway. Sometimes Jesus does the same thing in hopes of edifying us, right? Just like last week, we talked about the edification of character. Yes? Your character is refined when you give trust to Jesus. How many of you know? Right? Your character is actually increased and edified. This sound nice and fancy. It's edified when you say, you told me to follow you, so therefore I'm going to. Right? Because at the end of the day, you guys are all here for a specific reason. I don't believe in coincidences. I don't. If he's a sovereign God, there's no such thing. Okay. I don't. You can debate it with me later. And I will win. Because remember, I'm a pastor. <laughs> Just joking. But Jesus invites us to this, follow me. Did Peter know? Peter had no idea what he was in store for. Right? They had no idea. None of them did. All they said. And I want to go through a good amount of scripture tonight, just because I want to paint a really beautiful picture for you tonight and uh, make sure that we're, we're grabbing this as much as we possibly can. So turn to Luke chapter 14, if you would. And we'll start in verse 25. And Jesus sometimes says some pretty radical things that just all of a sudden put you on your heels and you're like, oh, am I sure? <laughs> am I sure I want to follow you? Has anybody ever felt this way? Am I sure that I want to follow you? Because he calls you into some crazy spots. He does. 
Sometimes it's encountered church and it's just like, what in the world? No, I'm just joking. Just joking. Luke 14, verse 25. Ready? Everybody there? You're on a phone. You literally could tell it. Sorry, did you ask a question? Jeez. Are you ready now? Snippy. 25 through 27 is what I'll read. Now great crowds accompanied him, and he turned and said to them, If anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother and wife and children and brothers and sisters, and yes, even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Whoever does not bear his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. Some of you guys are like, sign me up for some of the list. <laughs> no, you guys are dead tonight. What's up? Excuse me? But this is some big language here, yes? Hate your mom, dad, brothers, sisters, your wife, your kids? What? That's big language. Or is that, or are we just like, oh, of course he says, duh. <laughs> You're thinking that? You're way too Christian. Settle down, okay? You need to take this for what it's worth. Like, seriously. Have you guys heard of this concept called lordship? Lordship? Anybody? Anybody want to define it for me? Go ahead. What? Serfdom? S-U-R-F-D-U-M-B. Try, you're wasting my time. Give me a better, like, okay. 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 What's it mean in kingdom terms, though? Like, biblical terms. Not in Scotland. <laughs> I don't care about what it means in Scotland. I'm technically I'm a lord. Do you? That's great. Oh, Lord, help me. Anybody else want to? I will. Don't worry. Anybody else? What's lordship? Come on. You don't know? Okay, that's fine. Dominancy. Cool. Anybody else? Just what? Lordship? I mean, I'm guessing just you let the Lord Jesus Okay. Okay. Cool. You want to add anything? Yeah. It's where are my priorities and who am I submitting to? Right? Where are my priorities and who am I submitting to? Okay. So what's that mean in relation to these couple of verses that we just read? It means if I'm submitting to my mom and dad more than I'm submitting to the Lord, I'm in trouble. Right? Or if I try to try to um, mooch off of my parents' faith, right? Or whatever it might be, my girlfriend's faith, my, my husband's faith, my, whatever, all of that. It's where are my priorities set? I love my wife unto the Lord because the Lord has proper seat at the table, yes? I love my son unto the Lord, right? I, can't, I literally can't love my son without loving the Lord. You understand that? I can say, oh, yeah, I love you, right? Just like I, I barely know you, and I can tell you that I love you. You'd be like, you don't know me. 
You straight up don't know me. You can't, right? When I say I love you to my son, I know everything about him. <laughs> so therefore, because I have my priorities straight, I understand how to love. Yes? Same thing in my servitude, right? If I don't understand how to serve the Lord, I will never understand how to serve people. You understand this? Yes? Does this make sense? So when he is talking about hating your mom, dad, wife, whatever, right? He's talking about, I need you to prioritize me properly. Because how many of you know you can't have, you can't have two, one foot in and one foot out? It's just not, it's, it doesn't work, okay? You might think, oh, I'm, I'm doing a pretty good job. No, you suck at it, okay? It doesn't work, <laughs> okay? It doesn't work, period. It's either all in or you're all out. Yeah, I know. Oh, Lex, you're so black and white that your Baptist is showing. Yeah, I know. But it's, tr it's true. It's true. A kingdom divided can't stand. Okay? So this, this, this word lordship, um, think of important things in your life. What is, like we kind of did this exercise a little bit last week. What are some important things in your life? Right? Anyone, money, family, possessions, my wife, my kid, my family, my house, my job, your car, whatever it might be. Those things are important to us. Now, if I put them in order and God isn't the top one on the list, my lordship is jacked up. Does this make sense? If I value money more than I value the Lord, I actually am submitted and money is the Lord over my life. If I value my family more than I value, which isn't inherently bad, right? But it is because I haven't, I'm, I'm, I'm valuing my family more than I'm valuing the king of kings. Does this make sense? You still with me? Yes? Okay. It's essentially asking the question, who's your God and who's your Lord? We have many gods in our lives. Not one true one, right? We've got many gods, many things that we serve. But who's our Lord? Because when I understand who my Lord is, my entire life and everything that happens in it changes. Yes? That job that I don't like as much, I'm doing it unto the Lord. I'm doing it unto the Lord. Yes? Those relationships that are kind of frustrating sometimes, I'm doing them unto the Lord. You get it. Okay. Because he's Lord, not just something we do. Lordship is a check that we have to give ourselves often, and God has to be higher than anything else in our lives. Yes? And that's what this passage is talking about. Just like Abraham got, held God higher than his one and only son, we have to do the same thing in our lives. Yes? You guys with me? It's a deeper surrender to God. And then he says this thing, anyone who won't shoulder his own cross and follow behind me can't be my disciple. Then he says that statement. Anybody want to kind of dissect that with me? Anybody want to play? What's that mean? What does it mean to take up your own cross? Come on. 
That sounds bad. That sounds bad. What did the cross do? What is the cross? Maybe let's define that. What is the cross? Was Jesus the only person to die on a cross? Okay. Multiple people died on a cross. Jesus wasn't the first person to die on a cross. So what's the cross mean? What does it truly, truly mean? What? Death. Death? Okay. (laughs) No. What is the cross? Come on, guys. What are we doing? Come on. Sacrifice yourself. Okay. Anybody want to add? Huh? Punishment? Yeah, it is a punishment. Who was next to Jesus on those crosses? Bad guys, dude. Huh? Who said it? Thief. Yes. Thieves. People who broke the rules. So when he says, take up your cross, what's he talking about? Take up your lethal injection? Take up your death sentence? Okay. What's that mean, though? That's Christian. Put that in, put that in English. It's like accepting voluntarily, like voluntarily Consequences? Take up your take up your consequences and follow me. It's a huge sacrifice to follow Jesus. It is. How many of you know that? How many of you wake up tomorrow and say, "Ah, I'm so Christian. I'm going to crush this Christian day." Right? You guys struggle with it. Like, let's be real. I struggle with it. I'm a freaking pastor, whatever that means, right? Just all, all it means is that, that you, as Pastor Lex, that's what people call me, you know? That's all it is. And you have to listen to me if you decide to show up, you know? But like a cross, I want to, I before we get to where Benji's at, a cross was their version of a death sentence. Yes? Like think of a serial killer. They got hung on a cross. They got put to death on a cross. So modern terms, we're talking about a gas chamber. We're talking about an injection. Are you hearing me? Yes. So when he is talking about, let me just read the verse again. Whoever does not bear his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. Whoever does not bear his own death sentence, because you are a sinful person, you can never truly follow Jesus and be his disciple. Hello? A lot of, let me say it this way. A lot of people followed Jesus. A ton of people followed Jesus. Why? Because he went nutty viral. At that time, he went nutty, nutty viral. People knew about Jesus even if they didn't agree, right? Even the Pharisees were like, well, might as well go. (laughs) Might as well follow him around a little bit, right? Might as well invite him to our table and see if we can trick him, right? All of these different things. 
People knew who Jesus was. A lot of people followed Jesus. How many people were actually his disciples? Are you hearing me? Well, there was technically 12, but there was also 72 sent out. Are you hearing me? To go in Paris? Do you remember this? Hello? Some of you guys are looking at me like, you heretic. No, it's in this Bible. Read it. Do <laughs> you get it, though? It's easy to follow Jesus. That's what I'm telling you today. It's easy to follow him. It's really hard to take up your cross, though. And actually want to be his disciple. Is this a question? Semantics? Sure. Thank you. It's very, very easy, simple to follow him. Right? Right? You can come to church once a week for an hour, you know, maybe an hour 30 if we're super spiritual that week. Right? <laughs> or, uh, heaven forbid, we go two hours, you know. Oh, my gosh. Right? Or three. Just wait until we get to four here. And then... In... <laughs> right? Do you, are you hearing me? It's easy to do the things. It's easy to... Say the right stuff and blend in and be a chameleon in your environment. How many of you know you could walk into this environment, chameleon yourself up and say, cool, I'm Christian today. And then you could go to the club and say, yep, I'm a chameleon here too. And I love the drinkies. Yes? Do you get it? Are you hearing me? It's easy to do it. Just like you do every single day when you walk into your workplace. When's the last time you turned on worship music in your workplace and just raised your hands and worshiped like you do here on a Sunday morning? You'd be like, well, heaven forbid, I would never do that. Well, yeah, because it's easy to do the right stuff in the right environments. And that's cheap. That's cheap. What it means when Jesus is saying, take up your cross. Follow me. So you can be my disciple is a whole nother step on top of the follow me part. It's a, oh man, I really want him. I really want to sit at his feet. Listen, I really want to hear everything that he has to say. Hello? Isn't that cool? That sounds nice, right? How many of you want to hear the audible voice of God? I do. I sure as hell do. You don't? It would probably create something in you. Yeah, that's really scary. <laughs> that's what he does. He's a creator. He calls out the best in you. Come on. You want to hear the audible voice of God? You want to hear God? You want to so bad. If you don't, you're weird. Okay? Jesus is asking, why are you following me? If you don't want to be my disciple. Right? Why are you following me? That's the question he's posing. Why are you following me? Almost asking them to reflect on what their, where their enthusiasm actually is. Is it because Bree does a really great job on Sunday mornings and leads worship very, very well? <laughs> and wow, I just, it's good in there. But man, like, what if somebody who can't sing got up there, like me? 
right? What if somebody who's not as talented or the electric guitar wasn't as good as this Sunday, right? What if would you be like, huh, I want to be there? Just because you know the Lord's going to be in the room? Or is it a bunch of hype? Churches are Some churches are exploding just because, frankly, hype. Straight up. Ah, don't get me started. Okay, I, I'll behave. I'll behave. <laughs> Following Jesus is more than just something to be a part of. It's the thing to be a part of. It's not just another club. It's not a book club that we have on Sunday nights. Let's open up Luke. No, it's not that, dude. It's not that. Don't turn it into that. You guys are lame. Following Jesus means total submission to God's will, perhaps even to, even to the point of death. That's what it means. Are we willing? Are we willing? Come on. John the Baptist died for the sake of Jesus. Stephen died for the sake of Jesus. Jesus died for the sake of his father. Are you getting the point? There's martyrs every single day all over the world for the sake of Jesus' name. Do you understand that they've taken up their cross properly? Am I saying, oh, you have to be a martyr in order to take... No, I'm not saying that. But like, if push comes to shove, if somebody's here and saying, hey, do that, right? What are you going to do? Right? That's the question he's posing. Why are you following me? <laughs> Why are you hanging out with me? Let's keep going. 28... Uh, verse 28 and 30, or through 30. Does that all make sense? Yeah? Okay. 28, where are you? For which of you, desiring to build a tower, does not first sit down and count the cost, whether he has enough to complete it? Otherwise, when he has laid a, founda a foundation and is not able to finish it, all who will see will start to mock him, saying, this man began to build and was not able to finish. Yes? It would be really silly to start building something if you didn't have the money to do it. <laughs> right? Anybody ever done that? No? I have. I have. I'm in the middle of one right now at my house. <laughs> I did hang the first wall of tile yesterday. So we're, we're crushing it. Bathroom. I hate hanging tile. I learned that about myself yesterday. <laughs> um, counting the cost. Counting the cost. What's it mean? What's it mean to truly count the cost of following Jesus? Because some of you guys are thinking like, well, I thought he took away all of that. I thought I could just walk into prosperity and just, he's going to just bless my socks off. You know? <laughs> yeah, but like, what is the cost that you're leaving behind? You understand that surrender, you have to give something to surrender? Yes? Time? Okay, cool. What else? What? Family? Amen to that. <laughs> Sorry. They don't listen to this. <laughs> uh, what else? What's that, what else is the cost? Bad friendships. Bad friendships. Okay, come on. Let's get let's get deeper. Come on. Let's go. We're on like we're on the sand. Let's go. Everything. 
You mean Lex, I can't do... No. If it gets in the way of him as Lord, I'm sorry, leave it. Leave it, please. Or else you're just going to be another cheap Christian. How many of you like being a cheap Christian? Good. Then let's stop. Let's stop. He's asking us, hey, are you willing to lay down your selfish desires, your selfish ambitions, your selfish this, your selfish that? Are you willing to? So that he can step you into new places and new purposes and new destinies. Yes? Doesn't that sound just lovely? But some of you are like, well, hold on. <laughs> I get it. I get it. We've got to count the, the, count the cost. Thanks, dude. I don't want to get into this too much, but how many of you guys, how do I say this differently? How many of you guys feel like you've got a, like a half, I feel like, let me explain. How many of you guys feel like you have a half building? A half building, right? He's saying, okay, I, I started building, I maybe got a little bit of the foundation done, and then just, do you guys feel like you just, okay, you have though. You have, dude. Dude, you're just like set, teeing me up way too much. You've started or else you wouldn't be here. I feel like sometimes we get so far into like, okay, I'm building this building so everybody can see it, but then we neglect the inside. We like forget about the stairs. You know what I mean? Like you've got this 30-story building that you've really made look so pretty. It's glass. It's uh, so cool. You know, all of that stuff. But then you like your internal world, you forget the stairs. <laughs> you get that imagery? Right? How silly would that building be? Oh, one, one, one floor building that's 30, 30 stories tall. That's just like so confusing. I feel like that's what Jesus is calling out in us. Is why would you start building if you haven't truly counted the cost of how much it's going to take? Right? Some of you guys are like way too concerned with the HOA. Everybody know what an HOA is? Right? It's like, I just got to make sure the outside's good so the HOA stays off my back. I've got to make sure that, you know, my, my grass is trimmed. My bushes are right. I've got the one tree in that one spot that it has to be in that HOA. And... All of these kinds of things. And then your internal world is just like, what the? F right? You don't even have stairs to the second floor. You don't even have stairs going to the basement. You don't even have any. You don't have pots or pans. You don't have any of the stuff. But you're like, dude, I got a house. Look at it. I got the house, right? My biggest fear for you guys, if I can just be honest, is having a half-built slash abandoned house. See? See what I did there? Good, huh? See, the thing about the abandoned house that I went into when I was 17 is they ran out of money to finish their renovation. They didn't count the cost. 
I think oftentimes we could have all the land in the world. We could have all the things in the world, but we have an abandoned house because I didn't cost the, count the cost. What are the costs? Losing social status. Losing wealth. Giving control away. <laughs> I hear an audible groan. Control. <laughs> control of my time. Control of my money. Control of this. Control of that. You know, my career. Maybe it's being hated. Maybe it's being called demon-possessed like Jesus was. Remember when Jesus was called demon-possessed? That was weird. Nobody talks about that enough, but that was super weird. What if it's being separated from your family? What if it's death? Have we truly counted the cost of what this Jesus guy is all about? That's my question to you tonight. And at the end of the day, you prosperity people, following Christ isn't a trouble-free life. It's not. It's not. Dude, I had Facebook pages made about me calling me a heretic. Right? Yeah, it was sick. It was a good time. Oh, yeah, my, my name was all over it. And my face. They had, like, ripped. Yeah, dude, it was sick. Me and, uh, here, okay, a little tangent. This is so funny. It, that stuff fuels me, so I don't get, like, too sensitive about it. It's like, yeah, I'm doing something right. Um, but uh, me and Madison, when we were first dating, we, uh, we dressed up as the purge people <laughs> to go to a Halloween party. Okay, I know. No, no, not that night. Um, and that was the that was the cover photo of the because we took a picture, and it was the cover photo of the Facebook page. It was sick. If you do enough digging, you'll you can still find it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's sick. They like take me out of context so much. It's it's really funny. Okay, but anyways, following Christ isn't trouble free. We have to count the cost. How many of you know somebody who followed the Lord, but now doesn't? Yeah, we all do. Why do you think that is? Are they just not one of the chosen people? Ooh, that's the question, but not for us to determine. What is it? They gave up? Anybody else? Got a new set of ideas, okay. Anybody else? Oh, interesting. Oh, that's, wow, that's deep. Okay, that's really interesting. Well, we can't after. That sounds really fun. My opinion is they didn't count the cost. They didn't count the cost. So new ideas trumped, oh, well, actually, that is a good idea, right? Or whatever it might be. Maybe it wasn't all that they promised because they didn't truly follow. And they weren't truly a disciple. You get it? They didn't truly count the cost. That's frankly why my family members are not. My whole family left the Lord. Right? It's wild. It's truly because they didn't count the cost. Okay, let's keep reading. You guys good? With me? Somebody say yes? Good. <laughs> Somebody said no. Ouch. 33. Verse 33. And 34, I'm skipping a little bit. Read it on your own time. I know that's a no-no in things, but whatever. Verse 33, it says, So therefore, anyone of you who does not renounce all, 
sorry, who does not renounce all that he has cannot be my disciple. And then verse 34, he continues, salt is good, <laughs> but if salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? I love salt. I straight up love salt. Anybody else with me? Like popcorn without salt? That's whoopsie daisy. Steak without a salt? Oof, come on. I love salt because it has a very profound taste, yes? It brings out different things when you're eating, yeah, right? It makes broccoli taste good. All of these kinds of things, right? I love salt. Madison loves it way more than I do. But salt would be pointless without a taste, correct? Right? What would you do with salt if it didn't have a taste? You wouldn't have it in a shaker, right? It wouldn't be on your table. There would be literally zero, I guess, to melt snow, but I don't even, I, I don't know. Pull water out of stuff? Huh? Pull water out? Pull water? Okay, sure. I don't know enough about the compound of salt, so... Uh, but there's no point when it comes to food, and that's frankly all I care about, right? Okay. So it wouldn't have a point. I love Christians. Do you? I love Christians to some extent. <laughs> but some of you guys are like, well, the, those are the, the ones you're thinking of are the fake ones. Just joking. I love Christians, but I only love Christians because they talk about Jesus. If Christians don't talk about Jesus, what's the point? Hello? What's the point? What's the point of being a Christian if you're never talking about the guy you're following? Just like what's the point of salt if I'm never using it for taste or if it's tasteless? Think of this way. Think of it as this table right here. I've got all of my food all over this table, right? My steak's there, my asparagus is there, sweet potatoes, my, you know, all of it is all right there. Yeah? Anybody hungry? I'm very hungry. Okay? Think of this. What if I poured the salt just right here? What would be the point? What would be the point of just pouring the salt on one spot of the table? Yeah, I guess. Yeah. There would be like, are you going to dip your broccoli or asparagus? Are you, what are you going to do with it? And I think so often, and, and ready? You with me? Are you listening? I think so often that's what we do. That's what the church does. So we've got all of this stuff, this whole plate called the earth, called the world. Yes. And here we are as Christians, the salty people. Yeah. Can I use that language? Yeah. Here we are as Christians, as salty people, and we're just pouring it over here. One spot of the plate. How many of you know, <laughs> how many of you know that salt is meant to be scattered amongst all of the things? Yes? Do you get the imagery? Do you actually? Because it's a beautiful imagery. Because oftentimes, Christians, because we're chameleons or whatever, we say, oh, cool, here's my saltiness. I'll be super salty at church. I'll be super Christian at church. I'll show everybody how Christian I am at church. Right? What are we doing? That's super weird. Don't you, do you understand how weird that is? Salt is meant to enhance the flavor 
of the world. Because how many of you know, you take the salt shaker and you spread it about, about, right? Hello? You don't say, well, I, I guess from here. Right in one spot. No, okay, cool. I got to move on. It's meant to be sprinkled. It's meant to be scattered amongst the plate. Hey, that's what we're supposed to do. <laughs> hey, that's what true disciples are supposed to do. That is what a Christian is supposed to do, is we are to enhance the world around us instead of condemn the world around us. Instead of say, well, I'm Christian. <laughs> what good does that do? I could care. That's like saying, hey, I've got two feet. That doesn't do any good for me. Be a Christian. Scatter yourself amongst the, amongst the plate. Do you understand? Please understand this. Please. This is what being a disciple means. This is what it means to truly follow Jesus and trust him with our lives. Are you hearing me? Yes? Man. You guys only knew. What kind of sweet nectar you're getting tonight. Turn to Luke chapter 9, and we'll close with this. You good? Everybody good? Hang with me. We're almost done. Go to chap or verse seven, uh, 57. So many words, all the wrong ones. Luke 9, verse 57. So weird that there's 57. Such a huge book. Look. Um, we're going to read 57 through 62. Everybody there? Great. You guys are really crushing it. Woo! <laughs> yeah. 57, thanks. As they were going along the road, someone said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said to him, Foxes have holes, and birds of the air have nests. But the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. To another he said, follow me. Jesus said, follow me. And he said, Lord. The person replied, Lord, let me first go and bury my father. And Jesus replied to him, leave the dead to bury their own dead. Woo! But as for you, go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Let the dead bury their dead and go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Verse 61. Yet another said, I will follow you, Lord. I will follow you, Lord. But first, but first, let me say farewell to those who are in my home. And Jesus said to him, no one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. Wow. You hear the call. Yeah, he blew, blew the dude up. I love it because that's the way I operate. Because I learned last week, I'm a, how do you say it? Eight. That's what they tell me. I don't know. Apparently, I'm very like, Ugh. But what I'm, I'm telling you to do is stop procrastinating. Well, we got to stop procrastinating, right? Those who put their hand to the plow, don't look back. Right? Oftentimes. When we are putting our hand to the plow, we're looking back like, oh, man, I'm a piece of crap. Oh, man, look how terrible I am. What are you doing? <laughs> Let's go. We got to move forward. Yes? Hey, let the dead bury the 
dead. Why does he say it that way? <laughs> because they're not following him, so they're going to be dead. Ah, oh, that sucks, though. It's like, well, hold on. Shouldn't I go talk to them about that? <laughs> nope. Let's go. Let's go. There is a harvest awaiting. Let's go. There is no more but firsts in our language anymore. Please. Please. As people of Alabaster, we cannot say, but first, let me do this. But first, I've got to get that six-figure salary. But first, I've got to do this. But first, I've got to find my wife, Jesus. I can't, I can't. You think I can minister as a single man? Ben Fitzgerald is. Have you met Ben Fitzgerald? Germany's a Christian nation because of him. That dude is sick with it, right? <laughs> he's legit, dude. And he's single. He's been single a long time. He's like 40-something, right? That's okay. That's cool. <coughs> we can't put the kingdom of heaven off until tomorrow. We can't. Right? Maybe. <laughs> right? At the end of the day, like, our mentality is, but first, but first, but first, I got to do this, I got to do that. Oh, once I get my finances in order, then I can lay my life down. Shut up about your finances. Please. <laughs> so sick of hearing about finances. Man, shut up. Just work and serve the Lord. He'll do the rest. Work and serve the Lord. He'll do the rest. I promise you. Unless you suck at serving the Lord, then I'm just joking. But do you get it? Like, just get a freaking job and serve the Lord. How many times have I've gotten so many surprise money checks just by being obedient and stepping into what he's calling me into? That's it. Literally, we get a, how should I show this? Every single time we feel like we're supposed to give to a missionary, a surprise check comes in for the exact amount that they need. Every single time. Every single time we feel, me and Madison, feel prompted, saying, wow, we should, we should partner with that. We all of a sudden get a check in the mail for that amount. Every single time whether it's been my mission going to like Kazakhstan or something. Great. We've gotten a check in the mail. We got one for like 10 grand once so that me and Madison can go to Kazakhstan. What? And we don't have a big circle. And that was before Encounter Church, bro. We were pastoring a little house church. Nobody knew of us except the people that didn't like us. <laughs> Are you hearing me? I do believe that Jesus is still asking us, will you count the cost today? Will you follow me? And will you be my disciple? Some of us have said, I've counted the cost. I'm not sure about the cost, but I'll still follow you. We're missing the most important part of that verse, which is to be a disciple. Hello? Jesus said, go into all the land and make disciples. He didn't say, Go and just share the gospel as much as you can and get people saved. <laughs> he didn't say that, <laughs> though that's great. 
He said, go make some freaking disciples because those are the ones who are going to last the test of time and represent me well. Hello? Are you hearing me? Please hear me. <laughs> please, please, please. Yes? Okay. I think that's all I've got for you guys. Is that cool? Let me pray for you. Let me pray for you, and then uh, we can we can chat because I feel like there's maybe there's a conversation we want to have. So Holy Spirit, hey, if you want this, nobody's looking at you. Put your hands out in front of you like this in a, in a posture of receiving. Hey, I want you, Lord. I want to be your disciple, okay? Because I believe that he'll move on that and say and, and start setting up a hunger and thirst in specific areas in your life, okay? So Holy Spirit, I thank you. Thank you, thank you so much for tonight. Thank you that you are a God who speaks, that you are a God who is near and a God who wants us. So Holy Spirit, I pray that the willing hearts and the willing minds and the willing souls in this room, that you would move on their hearts into a deeper affection for you and a deeper understanding and uh, submission to you, Lord. That we would give up all other things if you're not a part of it. So Lord, we love you. We love you. We love you. We just want to make you known and loved more and more here on earth. So would you scatter us properly and would we be obedient to what you've placed on our lives? In Jesus' name, amen.